Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you are around Australia or around the world. Your continued support means the world as we continue to bring you interviews and golf information from around the world with people who love golf about their love of golf. A packed show and safe to say we are gripped by Matilda's fever here at MLog HQ. This week, co-host Scott Carter is on board as we run through the week that was in the world of tournament golf and the week ahead. Another huge week where the FedEx Cup Playoff Series moves from a field of 70 to 50 for the BMW Championship. We chat about the awesome AIG British Women's Open, the DP World Tour, LPGA and LET return to Northern Ireland. Live Golf Bedminster saw the Aussies triumph, Asian Tour action in the UK and the US Men's Am all featuring plenty of Aussies. So much love of golf. Hey, I have have a favor to ask if you're a regular listener or a new listener to my love of golf of course we really appreciate the time you've taken to listen what always helps the podcast greatly especially for all of the listeners on the apple platform is if you can rate and review and subscribe to the podcast that would be an awesome help as we move into this important next phase of the my love of golf podcast so let's get into it sit back relax enjoy this week's episode of the my love of golf podcast Golf podcast for this week's episode. Uh, how are you? Good, mate. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Thanks for coming back to your show. Um, it's, it, Thanks for having me on your show. I'm <laughs> going to call it your show now because I think well, I think we're moving towards a, a bit of a permanent commitment here, and I'm liking what I'm seeing and feeling. So I uh, appreciate you coming back, and uh, look forward to sharing many more uh, podcast episodes with you. Uh, it's always great chatting with you and getting your ideas, and uh, and that's going to continue. So uh, good stuff there. A yeah. episode just you and I this week, so uh, no extra special guests, uh, but plenty more extra special guests in the pipeline. Don't worry about that. Scott, how how was your week in? golf i see on the zoom video here uh we did put this episode on zoom uh last week so if anyone wants to check scott out i uh, haven't seen him in the flesh and oh, before no. me on screen you can check it out on our youtube channel a few more subscriptions would be great um if you can subscribe nice to see yeah uh but but what i'm looking at now is an absolute well it's one of the biggest weeks in australian sport history yes, mate. Um, so you've got your yep. australian world cup jersey i reckon that's like 2000 and is that 2006 World Cup, that jersey? Yeah, I think it might be. I think it might be that one, mate. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's been a great – it's been a great couple of weeks of the Women's World Cup, hasn't it? So I, I was away camping with the young fella on the weekend, so I didn't – I wasn't glued to the golf uh, telecast, but, uh, geez, we've been glued to the Women's World Cup. It's just been absolutely captivating. And I've got two young kids, as you know, Roscoe, and they've just been uh, right into it, mate, and a lot of, a lot of sketching and drawing the different uh, heroes and, you know – banners for the Matildas and uh, it's taken our household by absolute storm so uh, we cannot wait for tomorrow night it's going to be an absolute cracker I think well I can't wait either as a footballing fan you know, as a product of a footballing migrant family uh, it's in the DNA it's yep. been an absolute joy watching the women play uh, it, it always is whenever I've been able to tune in along the journey you know and those pictures that everyone's sort of referencing now you know you're going back to 2010 where they're playing in front of about five people to see them turning up in front of 80,000 people which is magnificent and absolutely deserving it's really interesting to see you know the barometer for me of, of things happening in the community uh, is the barbershop you know the boys on Seaspan lies a barbershop uh, because yep. you know it is absolutely the barometer of how 
current state of men's minds, um, which comes straight from Mrs. My Love of Golf to me. And uh, it's, again, most, not most, all of the, the, the men getting their hair cut are just absolutely frothing at this fantastic spectacle of women's sport. And it makes me think, and, you know, I got engrossed in the Women's AIG Open uh, again, as I was last year, because I was there. Uh, I couldn't take my eyes off unless I was falling asleep on the couch, which was probably between about 12 and 1 o'clock most of those four nights that it was on. But I was absolutely engrossed in that Walton Heath uh, AIG Women's Open and, and seeing the women play. And it's made us think, and we might come back to this topic, I don't want to go off topic straight away because we are going to talk about the Women's AIG Open, um, yeah. which is an absolute cracker. But it just makes me think, you know, imagine if the women's golf could ride some way from this Women's World Cup. You know, if there's any way that they can learn something of how football have been able to... In- Capulate the world attention, especially in Australia, um, and 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 harness that. Uh, I don't know what sort of arrows you can draw from that to that, but it's clear to me yeah. after watching the AOG Women's Open. Yes, it's one of the majors, and yes, it's a yearly event. It's not every four years, but it needs to it needs to keep moving up. It needs to keep elevating because more people need eyeballs on. Uh, yeah. these golf courses and, and these great women playing golf. It was absolutely exciting. Um, let's dive in and talk about the Women's Open, mate. Yeah, sure, mate. I mean, it was a great um, uh, great event there, the AIG Women's Open, as you mentioned. We had our very first uh, multi-major winner for the year in uh, Lilia Vu, so winning her second major by six shots uh, with minus 14. She tied the lowest round of the day um, and just really left them for dead, didn't she? Like everyone else kind of behind her just didn't make any moves um and and she was outstanding uh making plenty of birdies and um and yeah just showed all the class of a world number one which is which is where she's now sitting in the rolex ranking so um so yeah really good really good win for her in that as a second major of the year it was an absolute masterclass from lilia vu um Great story, you know. I think if you're listening to this podcast, there's a fair chance that you've listened to several others, you know, already, and and they've told the story of of Lilia Vu, uh, stormed onto the scene, you know, great college career, etc. You know, had an injury, went into a little bit of that sort of golfer's doldrums, and then comes back, and then you know, wins a major this year at the Epson, and then backs it up with an absolute performance over those last two days, mm-hmm. and you know, in the face of the local favourite, you know, paired with the local favourite in that final round being Charlie Hole, who was a, a fan favourite uh, globally, uh, but yep. certainly a local favourite, lives just up the road. Um, and Charlie is just such a great ambassador for the women's game. Um, she's fun. She smiles. She engages with the fans. You know, she's openly tells, you know, has told people, you know, she's got some ADHD. So, you, yeah. you know, like I can't imagine. Yeah, she's a great follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's a great story, isn't it? You know, like she's uh, she, she's the type of person that is kind of open and humble that, you know, um, uh, makes kids, hopefully young girls, want to follow her, look up to her, and, and she becomes kind of a hero, which, you know, linking back to the Women's World Cup, we're seeing that happening in like real time here in Australia. But, yeah, she was absolutely the crowd favourite. Uh, it was great to see her finish. Um, in a strongest finish in a major, couldn't get it done on the last day. Um, we talked about the crowd there, Roscoe. One, one thing I really, really uh, found interesting that Lilia Vu said was that she loved the crowd also, right? Uh, 
much as her favorite major, their favorite crowd. And she talked about the crowd, like not making it about them, mm. um, which was in stark contrast to what I watched on live, which we'll talk about later, but just, you know, that difference in like the crowd just there to watch golf, watch mm. great golf, appreciate amazing golf from the girls. It really had an impact on, on Lilia and, uh, and yeah, hopefully there's, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the young girls in the crowd that are uh, finding some heroes on those fairways. That last round, uh, I think it was the 12th. I, I haven't got the, haven't got it written down. I'm just going off memory, uh, and I think it was at one of those stints where I was I'd fallen a little bit of a dozy asleep, and then wake up to see the par five, maybe the 12th on the back nine. Um, jo- uh, Charlie, did I say Georgia Hall? Charlie Hall, but yeah. Charlie Hall's in the bunker, and then she she's maybe four behind then three at five behind uh she drains it out of the bunker um for an eagle lilia pars she's through the back uh in two in some buried in some grass she makes a par so it's like a two-shot swing uh comes to the next hole charlie's obviously got the the honor she absolutely smokes it she does the whole little i've smoked it little foot kick yeah you know which she which she does i've, I've got one from on video from uh Muirfield last year the little foot kick that she smoked it lily just stands up and hits it about 30 past her. And then Lilia's second shot, just she sticks it to about six feet, if that, probably inside it. And for me, that was the moment when, you know, I don't think it was ever coming back um, from yeah. anything other than her ascendancy and stranglehold on that tournament. That's final two rounds, 67-67. But it was just great to watch. It was great to watch Walton Heath. It was often talked about, you know, people were going to say, people were talking it up and, and saying how beautiful it looked. And, you know, it's just classic, Golf, England, sandbelt type architecture. The heath, obviously, um, the, fe- the heather makes it look fantastic. It doesn't always bloom like that, you know, and I don't believe that the heather always blooms that colour every year, but it made it look fantastic, uh, made it very tricky, you know, like there were some parts of the fairways, which were fairly generous in many respects, but, you know, if you yeah. if you got it offline and if you got it offline enough because it's firm and fast and didn't land, stop and not run, but firm and fast golf, you you know, your poor shot on the edge of the fairway was punished. Um, and that's what I think made made it so great to watch. You know, like they had to play different shots. Yes, okay, they're not bombing it high and spinning it as much as, as the male counterparts, but they had to play, had to be creative. And it was just great to watch. It was just great. There was some other, other players there that um, I enjoyed watching as well. Now, maybe I got her name wrong last week when I said... Uh, talking about the young lady who had the Achilles injury who was limping at, at Scotland. It was Huju yep. Kim. I'm not sure if I said it was a tactical. not sure, can't remember. But Huju Kim played pretty well for the main, just didn't get it done the last day. She was impressive. Um, but who impressed me the most, and she's impressed us in Australia, G.A. Shin. Yeah, totally. Absolute killer. Absolute just gets it done. There Plays again. Well. She's been doing it for, for a number of years and third place in a, in a major fantastic another one that stuck out for me another one of the women predominantly because of her unbelievable golf swing i think she's got one of the best golf swings in golf angel yin if you check out angel yin's golf swing it is yep. phenomenal absolutely phenomenal in australia in the australians um grace kim grace was kim the, was up there the top yep. aussie made the cut and uh finished ahead of um minji lee so it's great to see grace kim making a cut yeah. performing well in a major finishing as the highest Aussie in and around some of the best players in, in the game, you know, ahead of a tight titical. Um, Gabby Lopez was another golfer that had my caught my attention there for a while. She was playing pretty well. Um, so, yeah, no, it was great. Loved it. Yeah. Um, anything else? And, Roscoe, you, you've, you've talked a lot about, like, how good the play was, right, and how good it was to watch. And you're a total golf nut. 
Um, and I think anyone that is a total golf nut will appreciate all of those things and and sit down for hours to watch it. Um, but you know, I think we need to uh, we need to find a way to tell the stories of these women and why they're so good and where they've come from and and what their you know what their sacrifices are and like just their story um, on another level to give golf a chance to you know leverage what we're seeing with the Matildas and um, and and create some heroes out of these out of these women. I mean. You know they need a stage, right? Like in the the World Cup of football, men's and women's, it, there's there's no greater stage. We don't really have that in the game of golf, but um, but I think we need to kind of create a stage. They need a stage. Um, they need moments like we're having, you know, in Australia and uh, the, the Matildas. Um, so we, we, moments for those individuals or even teams in golf, um, you know, on a huge stage to, to really kind of win the hearts of the young kids around the country and, and get their interest in golf peaked and, you know, We've got to have great pathways into the game, make it easy and fun and accessible for those young girls and young kids to to get into the game and um, find what they love about the game, find what they love about those heroes, find those the inspiration in those big moments on those big stages. Um, and uh, and and I think you know everyone in the media has a responsibility or, you know, it's tasked on them to find a way to package all of that up and make it really easy to consume and really easy for, for women to follow. Like women love stories, right? They, they need a story to follow. They, they, um, uh, I think men just love like the athleticism and, and, and the, uh, the power of a big drive or what, like, and, and just the athleticism of playing great golf. Um, but I think women are more drawn to a story. Um, you know, my, my wife loves playing golf, but plays a couple of times a year. Still to this day, her favourite piece of golf content is the no laying up story around the Stanford women's um, team there. What was it last year? Um, you know, that just tells you like that, that they did they did great storytelling um, in that content. And Claire remembers that and knows Rose Zhang from that from that piece of content um and you know as a result like we'll we'll have an eye on rose and and knows you know that she's actually doing pretty good and, and she's following it so um i don't know mate like seeing my kids every morning for the last two weeks they wake up and they they color in they draw they sketch pictures of the matildas players or banners for the matildas you know we had to get a matilda matilda's jersey for for you know tomorrow night like to just to be a part of it they've got scarves they like they're just obsessed with this at the moment and they know all of the players my little fella knows every single women's player and the number in the Matildas like it's it's insane seeing how much it has permeated them and and you know what they're about at the moment and the passion that it's bringing out like um yeah, I'm getting a bit amped up about it, but I think um, there's no silver bullet to how we grow the game of women's golf, but we need a few things to go um, all the right way, a little bit like my golf game. If I'm going to have a good good round, I need everything to happen at the right time. Um, but, you know, there's... Um, yeah, I think there's a few there's a few things that uh, that can happen for for that to come to life, um, and hopefully, Golf Australia is watching this Women's World Cup and figuring out how to like pinch a little bit of that that uh, that that passion for sport or that inspiration through sport um, that we're seeing, you know, in in kids at the moment. A couple of things that just fly into my brain as I'm thinking about golf twenty four seven. 
you know, if you're Golf Australia or Drum and Golf or a Titleist, TaylorMade, Callaway, whoever, Cushnet, um, Ping, are you, are you sending all of the girls from the Australian World Cup soccer team a set of golf clubs? You're engaging in them somehow. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't want to be seen like you're ambushing, you know, their 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 stage. But the fact is, golf is a great companion sport, and I see it on a thrice daily basis with all of the footballing, soccer, rugby league, and Aussie Rules cohort in Melbourne, who are just mad golfers, but absolute professionals in their sport. But when they want to do something that's still competitive, still have some fun, do all the social activities, they play golf. And they love golf and it's grown. There used to be two or three, four golfers in each club's golf group. Now they've got Carlton, for example. You know, there's seven of the boys that have all joined out at Heritage. They love it. They, they go out there and they play golf and they're competitive and they just have fun. Now that's, that story is amplified across Melbourne City, across the Tigers, across North Melbourne, across the whole thing. If so, if you know, are you giving golf clubs yeah. to from the women from the Australian soccer team and saying, you might like not like golf. You might love golf. Who knows? Give them to your yeah. friend if you don't. But you know, here's some golf clubs. Try it when you when you're not you know training your guts out for your country. Um, one thing that's, and, that's one thing that popped into my head. Yeah, totally. And like timing is everything, right? Like, and um, I've seen content from Golf Australia about encouraging girls to play, and 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 it all happens at a golf course. But like, let's find a way to um, spend a little bit more money on that content in the next month and get it in front of young girls. Um, you know, in the way that those experts know how to do. Um, find a way to like get Minji's major win celebration in front of them somehow like find a way to get this content in front of girls at the moment so they they like a couple of them might see it and go oh damn like that they uh that looked like they're having fun winning just like i've been experiencing how good's winning in sport how good's watching sport they're winning uh, you know and it might pique some interest but i think just getting it in front of them uh finding a way to get it in front of them at the moment and leveraging this moment in whatever way they can um, they have to, they've got yeah. to. Still the challenge remains, you know, the pathways you mentioned it before and, you know, you're more qualified than anyone to talk about it because you're the father of... Um, two kids. Two kids, sorry. Um, is the pathways into, into golf and at club level, you know, like so the, the, the women footballers will spawn a whole allegiance of young people, boys mm. and girls, that will want to go and play soccer. Football. I call it football. Yep. Uh, I, I used to get in trouble if I called it soccer. Um, they'll want to go and play football. And there are clubs waiting there to receive them and put on programs where they can handle multiples of children en masse. I can't really say that maybe golf is set up to do that or it's ready to do that or it's I'm, – I'm, I'm sure that it could, but – you know, I can see hurdles in the way, you know, Sunday morning, um, you know, with 30 kids and then wanting to get on the golf course, you know, you can do it around the range and all that sort of thing, but you've got to get kids onto the golf course. And yeah. with the popularity of golf amongst the, the paying adults, um, you know, it's the time for golf clubs to shine and make up a bit of COVID stuff. I'm sure they've made up plenty of COVID stuff by now, but it's, it's, yeah. it's there's a few things that have, have got to sort of get in the way, you know, is, is it, is someone going to make uh, come along and you know driving past? Here's another idea that came into my mind. Um, Mulgrave um, out on the way back from Callaway uh, in Roval. There's a little par three course. 
Oh, yeah. And I thought, I should go and do that sometime. You and I should go and do it and just go meet up there, have yeah. nut holes in the path three. Imagine if every Sunday morning that was sectioned off and it was only kids. Yep. It was only kids from whatever age to whatever age and, you know, Callaway came down with some golf clubs or whatever or whoever and – and every Sunday, that was it. And you know what made me think of that? I was flicking through some Instagram photos looking for um, a photo from 2018 of Lockie Flanagan and Scott Jamison. And um, I came up against the clipping, and it was from the 80s at Cessnock Golf Club, and I might have told this story before. In I know by the names, it was er, earlier in the 80s, earlier in my golf journey, so it would have been like 84, 5, 80, you know, thereabouts. Cessnock... Cessnock Sunday, Cessnock sub-junior golf results in the local advertiser paper. 71 juniors. 71 juniors. 71. There's only 17, I think maybe 15,000 people in the town at that time. 71 juniors playing golf. A grade, B grade, C grade, first, second, third, ball comp, the whole lot. Yes, I've got to mention, uh, they spelled my name wrong, wasn't surprising, <laughs> but I did get a mention in that. Point of the that, story, yeah. But the 71 juniors. What happened? Man, how do we get 71 juniors turning up to a country course on a Sunday now? Every Sunday. Mm. That was, might, might have been 71 that week, but it was 50, 60, 70. That uh, was a lot. Um, yeah. So does, does there need to be like a dedicated golf course? Does a public golf course need to be Sunday morning, kids only? It's funny you say that, Roscoe. In Oregon, in Portland, Oregon, there was uh, one, and there was one there, and, and uh, I'm sure there's others around the country. The USGA um, owns and runs and funds, but it's a children's golf course. Like it was, I mean, it, adults could go and play it, but 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 it's a children's golf course and um, uh, little short short holes. Um, yeah, just just catered to kids. So we went there a few times. Kids loved it. Little fellow was still in nappies at the time. It was pretty funny, but. Um, uh, but yeah, like the facilities, the pathway is there. Like, and okay, it's my one golf course, and there's got to be much deeper pathways after that for sure. Um, but it's a start, you know, it's something. So, yeah, I, I love that idea, Roscoe. Like, cl close down some public golf courses, um, for a period of time on a Sunday for kids only. Um, that you, those golf courses are going to say that's pretty bloody stupid because it, it's going to cost them a lot of money. But um, but there needs to be um, uh, there needs to be some access like that that makes it safe, fun, and inclusive for the kids to come and play and and not worry about time or anything like that. Well, they've got to feel part of it. They've got to feel yeah. part of it on an ongoing basis, and they've got to have you know uh, an effectively a uniform to put on to be part of a team. You know, and golf's not. A, a team sport but it can be a team sport and you can make a team out of anything to do with golf they've got to have that feeling of belonging and this is fun and this is safe and 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 that goes for boys and girls you know but but you know i guess it goes back to the it's all the way back to that how do we get more attention on this great part of our game which the crowds were all around charlie hole and and lilia vu what you know? What I could see, the coverage was okay. You know, they clearly mm. didn't have heaps and heaps of cameras on course. But from all reports, the, the 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 hordes of people were around that group, as you'd expect. But you know, there wasn't that many people elsewhere. Um, yeah, there's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be more people. Who knows what will happen next year at St Andrews? I'll be there. I'm confirmed. I will be at the oh, AIG look Women's out. Open. Major announcement. Major. This, I, I've actually got a big announcement here in terms of um, next year's Summer of Scotland Golf. Um, okay. But I'll be there. I, I definitely will be there. And I hope that uh, 
they'll to see more and more people at the AG Women's Open at St Andrews. No better place to go and spend. Oh, that'll be fantastic, mate. If you want to breathe in golf, if you want to breathe it in and just close your eyes and, you know, think about nothing else other than golf and feel like you're there when old Tom Morris created the game, that's the place to do it. Um, Sorry, that was a bit of a rant, wasn't it? No. I mean, it deserves it, mate. It deserves it. It's a, it's a big, it's a, it should be a priority. It's a big opportunity. Um, yeah, it's, it's huge. Another Absolutely thing, huge. Another thing it's that happening. came into my mind. Sorry, this is, not, there's no notes here that say this. If, now I was listening to the, a very good podcast, uh, and I might have mentioned this one last week with uh, um, Emma Ballard from the UK. She does a women's magazine. Um, uh Karen Harding uh, and Rod Murray. Yep. So it was a it was a good good golf podcast, and it was the preview for the AIG British Women's Open. And Karen Harding hosted it, so Rod handed over the reins to Karen, a, a, an acclaimed um, women women's journalist here in Australia, award winning, saw her get an award at the um, Golf Media Awards last year. Been in the in her and her husband, are, yeah, one of the stalwart couples of Australian golf media. Karen led the um, podcast. Uh, Emma Ballard was in the media centre reporting in and Rod and Adrian sort of were in the background. Now, I'm not going to say exactly what was happening because I don't want to get it wrong, but the discussion around, and you should go and listen to it because it's two good sides, you know, two different sides from Emma and, and Karen. This topic of prize money came up and I think Karen's take was, you know, we need to get the prize money up. Now, women should be playing for equal prize money, which I'm an absolute supporter for. And I think Rod and Emma were pretty much saying, well, you know, it's chicken or the egg type thing, you know, unless you've got the eyeballs and the attention from the advertising sponsorship and all of that perspective, you know, it's hard to get the money to that level. Um, and they referenced the, how much the RNA put the prize money up for the men's open, et cetera, et cetera. And it has gone up, it has increased. But my question is to you, Scott, if, would you take prize money parity at this stage of the game, would you, if, if someone said, here is a chunk of money, you can have it as prize money parity or you can increase the prize money percentage-wise the same as it needs to be this year and you can take the rest of that money and put it into other stuff around bringing people into the open to watch, other stuff to do with media, other stuff to do with telling the stories and all of that sort of stuff and see what happens. What would you do? I think they've got to play the long game, mate. I think they've got to invest part of that money that they're ready to uh, dedicate to the game into in, in, into making it a uh, a better a better product and a better um, yeah better content to, for for consumers. So I would say, yeah, let's let's take the incremental increase and then uh, invest the money uh, with the long term plan of like you know, in, in X amount of years getting to parity, but uh, having a lot more people engaged in the game when, when it gets to that point. Mm. I wonder what the women would say right now, you know, if they were posed a similar question. You can have prize money parity with the men in the AG Women's Open and all tournaments or whatever, but, you know, just, just use the AG Women's Open as a benchmark. You can have prize money parity or we'll put prize money parity in. You can use it however you want to grow the interest in this aspect. I wonder what they would say. Interesting. Um, very good. Uh, I love those chats because it makes me think uh, about a lot of things to do with golf and how how I how I do it when I speak to new golfers in the shop, men and women. You know, I still think yep. one of, one of the greatest little things that you know I've ever done was 
uh, we had a women in golf event in the store a couple of years ago and we bought all these seven irons and everyone who came got a free seven iron graphite shaft a little bit shorter usual sort of a little bit more lighter spec and um you know fair to say it wasn't as well populated populated as we expected so i had a heap of seven irons over left over we paid for them they weren't very expensive seven irons but they were seven irons nonetheless what was i going to do with them sit them downstairs like the rest of you know old stock that i had that sits there and someone buys at some stage every time a, a couple came in every time a couple came in uh, i would ask first question i'll say how's your golf to the lady not to the man to the lady i'll say how's your golf she says oh you know i don't play i'll say oh, why not i'm just trying to use it as a bit of a sort of knowledge building exercise yep. she says, i'll go to the drive I, I go to the driving range i said all right okay it's great that's good you have a hit yeah i do do you hit his clubs yeah 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 they're a bit heavy aren't they yeah they are actually i said uh, you know what i've got something for you what do you mean? I said, just give me a, don't don't leave until I come back. And I'd go downstairs, down into the the the, the dungeon where you know, all that sort of stuff is kept. Um, don't don't let me tell you about the time I gave away the McGregor staff bag that was down there that I found down there when I took over. That's another <laughs> story. I'd go, I'll get a, I'll get a seven iron. I'll come back and say, there you go. So what do you mean? That's yours. That's now your club. You don't have to hit his clubs anymore. That's your club. Whether you like golf after you hit this club or not, that's your club, and you've got something that's gonna make it easier for you to hit really it's yeah how much nothing take it if you ever don't want it bring it back and i'll give it to the next person but it's yours oh wow that's great and a couple of times the fellas had come back in and said you know what mate? that was that was great because she's absolutely hooked we went out on the golf course she took a seven iron and hit it all around the golf course wherever she could hit and but it got her out onto the golf course because she wasn't yep. swinging my heavy thing because that's all i had hadn't really yep. thought it hadn't really it hadn't come into my mind to get a partner, her own golf club. So mate, yep. there you go. That's great. Yeah. Step one. And, and you, you know, mate, even if one in 20 of those women um, went ahead and bought a full set and played a full round of golf or went to the driving range by themselves or like whatever, um, that's progress, mate. And that's the little kind of 0.1 percenters that, that do help, um, you know, expand the game, grow the game. Whatever. Um, but that, that's all, all part of it. It's like all a part of the puzzle, part of the plan. It's great. Uh, James Sutherland, Nick Arnold, Matt Meredith, um, and the other CEOs of the golf companies whose name just escaped me, but I'll remember in 10 minutes. Uh, there's the idea. Put, get yourselves together, get some golf clubs, Get them up to the hotel, win, lose, or draw for the for the uh, Matildas, and give them some golf clubs, and just say, "There you go. That's from golf. That's a gift from golf." And see what yeah. happens. See what happens. Watch them go out and play golf and do their social media posts, and everyone go, "Oh, the Matildas are playing golf now. That's awesome." Um, anyway, if that happens, great we'll, idea, Roscoe. If that happens, we'll claim that. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, what was next on the uh, the rundown? We had the uh, FedEx and Jude. Yeah, the FedEx St. Jude. Mate, Lucas Glover, can you believe it? Lucas Glover, uh, minus 15 in a playoff, back-to-back -back wins. What's he? I saw he was the uh, he was the first person to win back-to-back -back in his 40s since VJ in uh, 2008. So, um, so that's a nice little mantle he's got. Um, but, yeah, playoff with uh, the Iceman, Patrick Cantlay. Um, saw poor old Patty, uh, his tee shot on the, on the playoff hole when a <laughs> Went a little bit left rather than right. I saw him teeing up on the on the right hand side of the the tee box there, Roscoe. Like we talked about the hole, the eighteenth hole last week, the the dogleg left, 
um, with quite a sharp 90-degree dog leg left with water down the left. He's teed up on the right-hand side of the box and obviously trying to play like a power fade, power cut um, to the middle of the fairway. And it, and it just uh, turned over ever so slightly rather than uh, than fading. So he, he ended up in the drink. Um, he was trying to hit three wood. He wasn't trying to clear the water. He, uh, he hit a three wood into the water. And, uh, yeah, Glover's made a par straight down the middle onto the green, two parts par. And, uh, yeah, but Cantlay did only just miss that putt. It was unbelievable how it missed. Like, it was tracking. It was tracking. It burnt that right edge. Like, there was, it left scorch marks. It was that burnt yeah. on the right edge. Uh, it was, yeah, he wasn't so ice on the tee, but um, Lucas Glover. Yeah, might have, might have got the vote for the sweatiest man on the golf course. I was going to say no, no, no burn marks, but plenty of sweat marks <laughs> on uh, poor old Lucas's pants, and uh, it looked hot, didn't it? Yeah. It was sweaty. Yeah, now the beige, <laughs> the beige pants uh, didn't uh, stand up to the uh, sweat test. Um, I'm glad Scotty wasn't in the in the tournament, mate. That's all I'm saying. That would have been disastrous. No, Adam, Adam doesn't sweat. Oh, he know. doesn't sweat. No, he doesn't sweat. Adam, our Adam does not sweat. He is, he is sweatless. Uh, My God, the man is perfect. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, no, great. Lucas Glover wins more prize money in two weeks than he has in about eight years from 2016 to 2023 or something like that. Um, some phenomenal stat uh, that he – maybe five or six million in the last two weeks. Um, Crazy. And, 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 you know – Guaranteed of a bunch more money too. Exactly. Subject to, you know, this week, next week, could potentially have just written his ticket into um, a trip to uh, Italy for the for the um, Ryder Cup. He's. I liked his deadpan response. Did you see that? I think deadpan. The, the uh, yeah. I didn't, reporter I didn't asked say him what, like, what did he say? Oh, a guy in the press conference asked him like, hey, "Have you been thinking about uh, Ryder Cup? And you know, when when did you? Oh, yeah." About 15 minutes ago, I started thinking about it. Would you like to play? Um, or, you know, do you think you'll be picked? Well, I'd like to. I've always wanted to. So I want to play. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, who knows, mate? I, um, I, think, I think you just go get the big texter and, and through the, you know, the list from um, 6 to 12 or whatever it is, um, how many? No, how many are dedicated? How many are already in? There's six, six, six picks. Six picks. Are, six picks. Um, you just get the line where it gets to JT and just put a big, thick text mark through it right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, JT's not not a not a lock um, at all. So he he's got to be picked. Um, but geez, you'd take on on current form, of course. Like you'd take uh, Lucas over a couple of a couple of guys in that between six and six and twenty easily. Yeah. Yeah. That was good to see. Good to see. Uh, I didn't see loads of it because the circadian rhythms were fairly and squarely um, attuned into uh, Greenwich Mean Time, yeah. not um, not US time. No. So uh, yeah, but Tommy, oh, Tommy, Tommy lad, Tommy, did you see the he missed a, just missed the birdie putt to get into the playoff on uh, on eighteen? So another near miss for the young man. But uh, it was his second shot. You know. He didn't. He didn't. He needed to. He needed to put more pressure on the hole in that second shot. He just left it a bit too, too short, yep. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's he's missed two cuts since May and had six top tens, including losing that playoff in Canada. So, like, that's his last eight eight results. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely we'll be talking about him for for a couple of months, I guess, or, or a month or so. But he's he's definitely got form and and he's heading into 
into the Ryder Cup in that form. Um, Rory also came pretty hard with his eighth top ten in a row since May. Lurking. Um, he's a top ten machine. Uh, back to Tommy for one sec. Question mm. again. If you're Tommy, are you happy about the fact that you are the first player to win $20 million career money uh, without a win? Are you happy about I that? I think he... You okay with that? I, th- I think I think he'd be pretty happy with the money, but he'd love a win. Yeah. Like I think he'd probably probably give a couple million back for a win. <laughs> probably, yeah, he probably would. Probably would. Um, yeah, Rory lurking, dangerous, uh, dangerously uh, close there. Speethy, yeah, Speethy lurking. Max, see Camp Cam Davis played his way into the top fifty a, um, with a, a solid T six. He's been playing backs to the wall for the last three weeks or something, hasn't he? Just yeah. to, to make it through, and he just keeps on keeps on delivering. So um, yeah, it's great to see great to see him playing that way. Colin, you know, minus ten, not bad. You know, he's had a pretty rough year, not bad. Uh, Hideki, yep. Hideki played his. Did he play his way in as well? Hideki played his way in. I mean, he he had a he had a Sunday and a half to shoot inside inside the top fifty. I think there was a rain delay there, Roscoe, and uh, and he and he kind of went out and knew that he had to make a lot of birdies, and so he just went out there and did it, and um, uh, yeah, got it done. Um, so yeah, he played his way in. Um, and yeah, sad, sad to see. Uh, so Nick Hardy getting emotional there. I don't know if you saw that interview. He just missed out. He was he was the bubble boy heading into that, but he he just missed out. Um, uh, I like Nick Hardy. I like I like his swagger. He's it, one of his sponsors is actually uh, Swag Golf. So they make putter head covers um, in the US. They make um, kind of limit lots of limited edition stuff like short run um, product. They actually use Equal to do a lot of their uh, launches. But very cool kind of um, fluoro, um, you know, theme based um, uh, like a lot of skull and bone graphics and just yeah, very kind of out there. Um, golf head covers that resale for a lot of money. Really, I didn't know the yeah. I didn't know that part. But um, one of my favourite uh, women golfers, uh, Anna Nordfist, is uh, a swag golf um, ambassador oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, they make putters as well, so they've got their uh, milled putters as well. I think he, Nick Hardy uses his custom putter, but um, yeah, great and uh, like just a, a great golf brand, golf friend kind of golf brand, adding to the culture of the sport. Uh, but speaking of putters, did you see Rory tried a new putter? No, he had the spider in the bag for the first two rounds. Yeah. And then he switched to a Scotty Cameron Phantom, uh, Phantom X 5.5. Oh, right. So, uh, but he he said, oh, I didn't do any testing. There was zero testing process. It was going to the garage and see what I had and just pull a couple out and go have a few putts. That was it. And so then he put it in the bag. But I think after the first round, uh, or maybe before the third, before the, uh, third round so after the first round he had it um uh, it was either right before he put it in the bag or after the first round he played with it he sent um he he sent his caddy to a local golf golf shop because it was half an inch too long so overnight he had to shoot down to the local golf shop and uh, get him to cut it down half an inch so he could uh so he could get out there and feel a bit more comfortable with it but yeah then he then he had a cracking kind of weekend Wonder why he has to go to the golf shop to to get a. Well, cut. the tour truck yeah. had left, oh, so the tour yeah, truck yeah, leaves yeah. on a Wednesday yeah. night. Yeah. So yeah, there was no one there to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
so I'm, I'm used to the open where the tour trucks stay the whole weekend and they can't they don't leave until until then. I thought the tightless the tightless truck would stay tightless and Mizuno have some deal with the PGA Tour about being like they're the only ones that can be in view and the rest have to be sort right. of tucked away um and I thought part of that being in view meant they had to stay there for most of the event uh, okay well, they, but they could have mm. went to the pro shot the guy just would have taken the grip off whacked a half inch off sure yeah you can't tell me you can't tell me these golf clubs they don't have someone like me in the pro shop that could just say yeah no worries rory i'll get it back out it takes about get the hacksaw out takes about three minutes to do that job i do it five times a day can i get this cut down yeah oh can i come back in a week i said we well, can come back in a week that's no problems but if you just wait 10 minutes i'll do it right now really yeah yeah and you know what i don't even charge them for it just takes that there you go kidding it's like the seven eye story they come back they get there yeah. you know that leads to someone feeling like they need their new new clubs gripped there you go anyway, yeah sorry yeah mate speaking of inspiration giving away my trade um, secrets yeah you're inspiring people to, to come back and play golf um all the time roscoe but i i'm, I'm i was inspired by tom kim's fashion on uh, on the Friday, uh, sorry, the Thursday round one. So it was a bit wet underfoot, right? They'd had a few storms and everything was a bit wet. So old Tommy Kim had the um had the slim leg pants on, but they were white. And I think he uh, he didn't want he didn't want to get them dirty, so he had them rolled up halfway up his calf. So he played the round with what looked like a pair of running capris. So I don't know if you know capris, yeah. you're uh, into apparel. Yeah. Well, I know capris because um, I sell them. Yeah, to the to yeah the ladies. Um, to the ladies. It was, and, a, ter- um, it was a terrible look. It was a terrible. It was a great look. look. Have you ever run in a pair of capris, Roscoe? I haven't run. Oh, I haven't run. It's, it, it's very, it's very good, mate. It's very comfortable. There's a nice little breeze there on the uh, on the lower leg. Um, can, can you send me a picture of you running in a pair of capris? I you know there probably is one floating around. Um, well, you are the runner. Yeah. You are the big Nike man runner. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't agree with the look, but. You know, I respect the fact that Tom Kim has some probably legacy issues from the time that he fell in the mud. Yes. <laughs> so you know, he's probably hanging on to a bit of stuff there. Uh, one of the one of the most watched reels in my love of golf Instagram history uh, when <laughs> I recorded that off the TV and put some music to it, uh, Tom Kim. So I can see why he might be a bit sensitive to getting his gear dirty. Um, yeah. But it wasn't a good look. Tom, he's not a he's not a tall man. He's you know he's built he's built like a short second rower type thing you know like it was he is a bit just short yeah. him up a bit too much for me uh but anyway no, good each their own each their own uh well there you go that's the uh there you go so the so they move into the bmw championship this week is that uh not correct if i'm that that is correct, correct mate yeah bmw championships are off to uh, olympia fields the north course um, bloody hard course. This looks like Roscoe's uh, seven thousand three hundred forty-three yards past seventy. Uh, last time it was played here, people might remember Johnny Rahm. Uh, he won with a four under. He was in a playoff with DJ, and uh, and they both sunk dramatic putts on that uh, last green. I just remember, but like you know, DJ sunk a forty odd foot putt um, to get into the playoff, as Johnny Rahm was kind of loosening up on the on the driving range and then in, in, during the playoff Ram did exactly the same thing to him but bedded him by about 20 feet so 60 odd foot um snaking left and right putt to uh to seal the win i remember john's you know um celebration was pretty was pretty excitable so so yeah but that was a minus four um victory score um so the slope on this place is 150 
150, Roscoe. <laughs> 150. The course rating, 76.6. Uh, well, oh, I'm going to watch, I'm gonna have to watch that. Um, 150. 150. Yeah, lots of trees, plenty of traps, small greens. Um, feels like a accurate golfer's golf course this week, mate. What, what, what would that do to you? 4.7 GA, is that going to make you play off a daily of nine or something like that? Or I reckon. Well, I would hope my, uh, yeah, I think my 6.1 would be about 11. Yeah. What about off the blues? More. Off the blues or off the whites? Yeah. Yeah, off the whites. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, um, it'd be 11, but I'd shoot okay. 97. Okay. Uh, yes. The um, So pre- previously uh, the home of the Western Open. Um, mm. For those that remember the Western Open uh, back in the day, uh, what else we got? It's um, it's, it's plenty uh, of big tournaments there. Yeah. A couple of US Opens, uh, KPMG, PGA's, K- women's Open, uh, women's major was yep. there. Uh, Danny Kang won that one. Uh, yep. Bent grass and Power Anna seems to be the uh, surface of choice uh, for all of the surfaces: greens, collars, approaches, tees, fairways, except for the rough, which is Kentucky bluegrass um, and thick. And the um, North Course superintendent is the young gentleman by the name of Francisco Valatuez. Frankie. Yeah, Frank, Frank, Frankie Valley, Frankie Vela. Um, Frankie Vela. No, well, I said young fella because he is young fella. He's just 27-year-old. And start, wow. started the course uh, in 2016 as an intern and has worked his way up through being an assistant in training, uh, assistant on the South Course and uh, assistant on the North Course to now superintendent on the North Course. So another great story for you know, young Young man in um, in golf doing great things on a big, big, big time course. Um, well done to yep. uh, Francisco Velasquez. Um, okay, who's your tip? Who's your tip out of the fifty uh, that are remaining? Of course, this week is fifty, and next week the Tour Championship final at Eastlake is uh, thirty. So, who are we going with? Oh, mate, give me a second. I just need to find out who I've got left. I do not have many left, but um, I didn't even know who i've got left yet have you got your tip sorted no um is no. it is do you have to give you know can we do it should you do a tip without tips to influence because you know the fact is we're now dealing with the end of the year and if you've secreted away a couple of big name players yeah. for this you've probably going to win the thing uh but legitimately outside of the teepster who do, who do you think um Fan, might fancy um, your eyeball here, uh, Scott? Um, I mean, I've said Tommy a couple of times <laughs> lately, but if he can uh, if he can be as accurate as he normally is, um, then, you know, it feels like it's a course that's going to be, you're going to need to hit the fairways. It's going to be hard to hit greens from out of the rough. From all reports, the rough is very thick because... Um, they've had a fair bit of rain in the last month after having none. So it's been, um, so it's going to be nice and thick and juicy. So hitting fairways at a premium, there's a lot of, a lot of traps around the greens, a lot of trouble around the greens. So recovery and, and, and that around the greens will be pretty important as well, but pretty tough going. Um, so yeah, maybe, I I just want to see Tommy get one. I just want to see him get one. Okay. I don't think he can. Maybe I have to pick Rory. I think my I think Rory's been doing enough lurking the last few weeks. Um, I'll uh, yeah. I'll go with Rory. I would like to see Brandon Todd go well. I would like to see 
Um, who else did I, I would like to see? Um, who else did I fancy? No, not Sam Burns. Not Bermuda Burns. You burnt me. You burnt me too much. Bermuda Burns. Uh, Victor. I'd like to see Victor uh, go well. I'm not sure. If yeah. Can, but um, I think I think Rory is, will take my uh, investment. Okay. Okay. Uh, on the tapes to on the tapes to front. So let's just yeah. We had a change at the top. Let's go. Change of leadership. Uh, that's what can happen when these big money events at the end of the year. So we've now got uh, the golfing tattooist who you remember joined us uh, a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't listened to that and want to learn a little bit more about the art of tattoo, um, combined with the art of golf, um, combined with the art of tipping, well, the golfing tattooist is uh, currently the leader. He overtook golfers in attitude, Blakey. Uh, Blakey, I met with Blakey last Friday. He was uh, just a day away from getting on the plane going to Close House uh, in Newcastle where he is officiating at yeah. uh, the two Asian tour events which are in uh, this week in Newcastle, next week in Scotland, which we'll talk about in a sec. So uh, the golfing tattooist overtook Blakey. $19,139,841 against $18,753,000. So there's, you know, three or $400,000. That's not a lot when there's, you know, three or four million prize money up for grabs. I, Bermuda Burns, didn't fare me so well. I did get some money, but I lost ground on, on those guys. So I'm still in third uh, yep. at $17.5 and Jim Jay at $16.7 uh, in terms of picks who I've got left, um, no, this has become you know the standard comedy part of the of uh, of the episodes. I, I've actually still got Wyndham Clark. Don't mind that, do you? Yeah. Well, mate, got... as I'm looking at it, I've still got bloody Tommy Fleetwood, mate. I've still got Tommy Fleetwood, mate. You beauty, <laughs> you, you bloody fucking beauty. Uh, I've got Harris English. No, no, Tony. I've got Tone. I've got Ricky. I've got Lucas Glover. Lucas Glover, should I? I didn't know you used to. Yeah, I've still got Lucas. Funny enough. <laughs> you can't go. No, you can't go back to back. You definitely can't go back to back to back. Uh, uh, no. But he could. But he could. I've got Adam Haddon. I've got Brian Harmon. No, I've got some yep. I've got some quality there. I've got some sneaky quality. Okay. Like guys that you wouldn't. Guys that six months ago you wouldn't. Know, you would have written off, and and now they're bloody major champions. Russell, yeah. Russell Henley, Victor. I've got Victor. I could be Victor. Hideki, I've got. Oh, jeez, I've left all my good ones to the end. Please, mate, you haven't planned this out very well, have you? Hey, I'm hey, but I'll tell you who. I tell you who does not have Lucas Glover. Who doesn't have Lucas Glover? Magic Mike Caridi. Oh, Mike Caridi, no, he doesn't. The have. only man to pick him last week. So uh, yeah, I don't know how data informed that was, but um, but still made the tip. He's the only one that got it. Um, took the chocolate, so. Good on you, Mike. We'll probably want a couple of thousand off his uh, gambling uh, on that, so uh, good on him. Um, uh, Josh Beck. Hope so. Josh Beck got Patrick Cantley. Meg got Rory McIlroy. Magic Mum got Tommy Magic's Fleetwood. Magic Mum still, uh, still Windsor, doing well. Sam Windsor got um, Tommy and Docker 67 got uh, Rory and the golfing tattoos got Tommy for $1.16 million. Uh, Level F Neb, which is uh, Ben Fla uh, Ben Flavel, who you and I yep. have met. We've had him down at Spring Valley. Uh, ben is from Adelaide. He is a very staunch Adelaide United supporter. Uh, likes to let me know every time Melbourne City are across their 
when he is on on the ground. Uh, ben, if you're listening, I hope you still do listen. Um, I hope young Lockie Flanagan acquitted himself uh, well enough and called your team in their win last night in the round of 32 at the Australia Cup at um, in Melbourne against Northcote uh, Hercules. Heracles, Hel- North, Northcote are a Greek-oriented club up in the Northcote suburb. Um, they got beat 2-0 by Adelaide United. And Lockie Flanagan made his second-time TV start on Channel 10, 10 Play, uh, alongside another good mate of the podcast, a uh, former guest of the podcast and a very good mate of mine, uh, the coach, one of the coaches of Melbourne City, Scott Jamison. Interestingly enough, Scott Jamison was there with Lockie Flanagan when he made his SBS radio uh, internship at university when he was doing his media communications university study for the 2002 World Cups ago anyway. Um, Scott was the the pundit there and took Lockie under his wing and I didn't know Scott at the time. I said, hey, Scott, that's my young fellow you're working with. You know, look after him. Within 30 seconds, he sent me a picture back of Lockie, my son, and it's just interesting to see that, you know, three or four years later, um, here they are calling televised professional football together. It was a very proud moment for the Flanagan family last night. And uh, Ben, I hope uh, Adelaide United go on to do big things, but they're still they're still going to overcome Melbourne City. There you go. Um, short interlude into um, proceedings there, Scott. Sorry. Been a bit of soccer chat this uh, this pod, mate. Oh, I, had to, I had to pump up my young fella. He's bloody good. Of like, course. Yeah. No, that's great, Roscoe. Uh, good on him. I just, he's been working hard. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Uh, anyway... Um, there you go. Proud dad moment aside. Uh, what else have we got? we got um, DP World Tour this week. So it's the ISPS Invitational. At, yep. um, ISPS Hander Invitational. It's being played across two courses and it's a men's and women's event. It's being played at Galgorn mm-hmm. Castle and also Castle Rock. Uh, Galgorn Castle has hosted the Irish Open, uh, I think the most recent Irish Open. Castle Rock, I'm not sure what's been there. It is one of these intriguing courses in Northern Ireland, which, you know, when you do your little planning of where can I play, sort of Port Rush, Port Stewart, you know, Castle Rock sort of sticks up there. Uh, it looks pretty good. Um, I'm going to be excited to see it on TV because I don't know too much about it. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the men um, and the women play this alternate uh, course sort of set up there. DP yep. World Tour comes back after a week off. Um the G4D uh, Open has been played. Um, that's already underway. Mike Brown didn't have the – not off to the greatest of starts. Again, Mike Brown, a friend of yours and mine. We've played golf yeah. with Mike. Um, he's like currently maybe eighth or ninth. Um, Kip Poppet is just absolutely killing him that. He's event. incredible, yeah. isn't he? Spends a lot of time in he's Australia. so good. A lot of time in Australia uh, and he's English. But, um, yeah, he's just really such a good golfer. Yeah. Um, plays professional as well, as does Mike. Um, yeah, so the yep. DP World re- uh, returns there. Who do, you, who do you fancy there? Probably haven't done too much form there. but Mate, to be honest, I have not had a, a deep look at that field. Um, I, I did see that Bobby Mack is, is in the field, um, so uh, so I guess he'd have to be right up there. But, um, yeah, well, I did note that the, the Team Europe um, uh, like selection, you know, period finishes or, or kind of chance to earn some points for the Solheim Cup finishes at the end of this event. So um, I can imagine there's some girls there trying to knock the knock the door down or make their case in this final event. Um, the Mayor Stark won last year, um, but I do I do like the cut approach here, Roscoe. So 144 men and women, 144 men, 144 women. 
36 hole cut down to 60 and then a 54 hole cut down to 35. Um, I do like that approach as, a, as you kind of get into the Sunday um, finishes, but uh, yeah, haven't had a look uh, at much, at much deeper than that, mate. It's a little bit of that Vic open sort of feel mm. uh, in terms of the way that they're handling it here. Um, couple of Aussies in the field, a couple of invitations. Connor McKinney um, has been given yep. an invitation. Um, Ryan Ruffles, who's playing a lot of golf Ryan on, Ruffles. on the Challenge yeah. Tour. So he's, you know, one of the best one of the best young golfers of his of his stage, of his age, um, and just proves how golf, how hard professional golf is because he is an elite talent still, obviously. Um, but, you know, just trying to break through. And he's out there now playing on the Challenge Tour, and I think he's doing okay. Um I do hear him spoken about very highly and very often uh, by Rick Shields. Um, I think he and Rick have got something going on. Rick's been, Rick's been down to Wildworth, and I think uh, Ryan uh, has been trying to make some videos up there with Rick. So he's you know, certainly on the promotion train very, very well. Um, who else have we got? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure any other many other Aussies in the field. Please. Let's just double-checking, mate. Gabby, Gabby Ruffles is, is not in the field. Um, but, yeah, I thought there might have been... Couple of uh, a little brother sister thing happening there, but no. I'm going to go with the local, the local chap, um, Tom McKibben. Tom McKibben. I'm going to go with Tom McKibben as uh, my pick. It's his playing one of the courses as his home course. Um, yep. I'm going to go with Leona Maguire in the in the women's. Okay, let's see. Um, let's see how we there, go. mate. Let's see yep. how we go. Uh, we had. Uh, we had some live action last week, so we won't we won't see live for another five or six weeks. But we had some live. The Aussies got yep. a win. Aussie win win double double headed win. Cam, yeah. Cam Smith played a different tournament to everyone else and just absolutely he sure did. Away. Um, even hitting shots off uh, gravel, not gravel, jagged tar. Bitumen. Bitumen. Uh, yeah. Probably didn't even mark the bottom of the five wood or the no. seven wood or whatever it was. Probably did not even mark it. He picked it that cleanly, and uh, it was unbelievable. And um. Ripper, Ripper GC, Ripper GC got the win. Yeah, largest winning victory of a team, uh, team event, huge victory for for Cam. I mean, we're, great we're for the Aussies, but bit of a bit of a snooze fest for the rest of the um, for the rest of the competition. Uh, I mean, Phil was in it there; he was threatening, but took an eight on on a par three to put two in the water, um, and took an eight. But I did catch the highlights package that um, conveniently didn't show any of that. I was that's why I was watching it, but uh, didn't see that. Didn't get a mention of Phil's eight. Um, but uh, yeah, I referenced the crowd there earlier, Roscoe. And this is not to like bag on live, but it is interesting. Like you, you know, watching those highlights and like on every single shot, it's you know the baba buoy, the smashed potatoes, like the like it's just the garbage that comes out is. Like it's just like it's it's unwatchable. I think for for me anyway, um, which is a shame because I think I've said before I like the idea of team golf. I like the idea of you know a, a lot of things that they've got going on. But um, for mine, the crowd that it attracts in the US is um, yeah, it's just not not something I want to kind of listen to or, or you know be a part of. So um, so I steer clear steered clear of it. But um, is it yeah? Is there that fewer bubba buoys and mashed potatoes when you're watching the Western the waste management or some of the others? There's, there's still there's still plenty of bubba buoys and mashed potatoes at some of the other big American tournaments that you watch. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's probably true for that one event, or m maybe one or two others. But when it's every event in the US, um, 
it's uh, I don't know, just not my scene. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of a Baba Booey or a mashed potato. Um, sma- smash, is it mashed potato? Smash potato? Mashed potato? Mashed potato. What, what, what actually is it? And it doesn't matter. Let's not talk about it because well, you, you peel the potatoes, Roscoe, and then you cut them up and you can boil them first, and then maybe add some water and salt and maybe some milk and mash them up. That's mashed potatoes, mostly having the sausages. Is that how? She, is that how it happens? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've clearly need to spend some more time in the kitchen. Ah, oh, no, of course I know that. I'm married to, you know, like I, <laughs> that's my job is mashing the potatoes. Like I, um, I have to mash them because I've got the brute arm strength. The strength. That's yeah, a, of course. Yeah. When you're married into an Irish family, it's a very important staple. The whole mashed, yeah, the I mashed guess potato. so. You're going to know what it's mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes are there. all the time. Um, yeah. No, I know what they are, but I just, the, the reference to it, anyway, stupid. Um, Okay, Liv, that has a break. Hey, but like what, one question on Liv still, yep. and um, I guess it's only about Liv because they're the only ones who wear shorts, but like why are these guys still wearing black dress shoes with shorts and black socks? Like it, it looks ridiculous. Like how, how are people still wearing those? I mean, I've only tried them on once, so I'm not going to bag them, but, um, but again, they weren't my thing. Definitely more a sports shoe kind of sports golf shoe kind of guy, more of a runner than a dress shoe, but um, but it just looks ridiculous, Roscoe. Black shoes with socks Well, with, been... uh, with shorts. <laughs> well, no wonder they were banned at most of the private golf courses in Australia. Ask uh, Ports about uh, that. You know, he, he, yeah. he, he, he made a big thing about uh, the course that he wasn't allowed to play because he had black shoes and black socks championing in that very look. I don't mind it. Like I mean, if he was wearing the dress shoes, I'd agree with him. It looks ridiculous. You, so you don't like the Footjoy Premier look with the shorty black socks and the black shorts? No. I think it looks horrible. Hmm. It's and, like, Abe Answer was there in, like, black black shorts, black socks, black shoes, red hat, uh, red shirt, black hat with a bit of red on. Like, I don't know, it just looked ridiculous um, in my eyes, but... Yeah, I've got a very, very different taste, mate. I'm very, very much more like a runner-inspired uh, golf shoe than a than a dress shoe. How many years did you work for uh, Nike? Eighteen. Eighteen years. Yeah. So the, the, the swoosh is very much. Yeah. It's, it's... Well, it's actually funny, and this wasn't a setup at all. But uh, so I actually got a delivery this week, Roscoe. My very first pair of non-Nike golf shoes oh, um, added to the stable. And what are they? You want to give them a pump up for a free plug? Free plug, New Balance. Mm. New Balance. So, a little collaboration project with uh, Malbon Golf, another another golf brand from the US that yeah. uh, that is um, doing, great, doing things. great things in the game. Little uh, Malbon mm-hmm. uh, New Balance number. So, so what? Uh, if for those, those listening, yeah, you know, the the New Balances. New Balance is a brand that was like been around years ago and one of the brands that sort of come back into sort of semi-vogue. Um, yep. A lot of the cool kids are wearing the, you know, the, the oh, they're not runners. They're like, I, I'd call them clod hoppers, you know, that big chunky sort of walking type shoes with the big New Balance thing on it. Yeah. The casual Mate, New Balance, of, they're having a moment. Yeah. They are, and it's more than a moment. They're, they're doing great things in sneaker culture and um, they've got some great projects and, you know, collaborations going on, and and they are they are doing some really cool things. So, um, yeah, they're definitely in the spotlight at the moment. So, it, it, it it's a great 
a great partnership with Malbonne for for both of them, to be honest, um, in terms of where each of them are at in sneaker and golf culture. So um, I had to get my hands on a little pair of those, Roscoe. I know you can't resist a co- I know you can't resist a collab. Um, yeah. I when I finally decide to wear play golf um, in shorts. I'm not sure what year that will be, but it hasn't been for the last four years, guaranteed. When I finally do get to play golf in shorts, I might have to bring out some fake tan this year for you, Scott, and we play golf tonight. Oh, jeez. I might have to... Um... How does that go with the red hair, Roscoe? No, I get rid of that. Oh. Well, there's not okay. much there because I only wear pants. I only wear pants that gets worn away, and there's not a lot of red hair there anyway. Um too much information. Sorry, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I do wear shorts, back to the point, I am going to run the uh, Footjoy Premier's black, black socks, black shorts for you. No, oh, no. I don't mind the look. I don't mind it. I don't mind Mate, it. unfortunately, at Spring Valley, you'll be let on now because uh, they just changed their rule um, that we allow black socks with, you know, where, where it kind of makes sense. And I think the rule says with black shoes, but if anyone shows up in like triple black um, shoes and black socks... Oh, and they might get a complaint from a certain member, but um, come on, don't be the black. Well, no, it, we, but we I mean, I've be... been asking for the black sock rule to change so I could wear them with like my my Jordan One Chicago's or like any any kind of like shoes that have black in them, where like it actually makes sense and can look okay, um, but not triple black and then black like that's it just looks ridiculous. Uh, I'm a big triple black. I'm like a big triple black guy. It's like a little bit slimming. Yeah, you know, hides in the, you know, that hard to shift belly fat that, I, you know, when you get to my age, it's a bit harder to move, Scott. I can still crank out a thousand meters in the pool in a heartbeat. You know, the pecs are going good. The shoulders are good. But when I saw my, when I was out there testing the um, MG4 wedges, um, to be you're not even released yet last week I saw myself on video I didn't like I didn't like the look of the midriff the black covers that up you know it's a little bit slimmy it just shadows it I don't mind the black look I'm going to stick with the black Peninsula Kingswood had the uh, no black sock rule and um, plenty of plenty of the young fellas uh, turned up in you know guest black socks black shoes and mm. had to uh, ceremoniously don the white socks the white socks and the black shoes look terrible absolutely looks terrible so now the rule yeah. there is i think it has to predominantly match the color of the outfit yeah so it's still a bit subjective but basically it's you know you can wear tattoos as long as they're not offensive and you can have yeah. black socks and black shoes uh, so you and porter you can come um beautiful uh we digressed again um we did funnily enough uh, Mate, I think there's only one more one more golf thing to oh, actually before we move on, Phil. There was there was a bit of news of well, Phil's in the news again. Um, I don't know if you saw that come out. It's another week, another another week of Phil, so um, Phil almost. But Phil's a cra- Phil's Phil in the past has been a crazy gambler. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I, I pretty shocking. I didn't know that. Like, but, but what's the big deal? Like, I know the, I know the story, but what's the big deal? Like, he has uh, he did bet on the Ryder right Cup, or he didn't bet on the Ryder right Cup. Well, I don't like. I, I don't think the Billy Walters guy took the bet. Um, who knows if he did get the bet on? But uh, yeah, that was like, yeah, okay. Um, but I mean, just the as you say, everyone knows he loves a bet and he bets a lot. And but I think some of the numbers on paper. Um, you know, make it a little bit real. Like what are you saying he took over a billion dollars of bets over a, like whatever year period, it's a long, long year period, but took over a billion dollars from him in bets, um, you know, made some silly number of bets in uh, in, in one day, being like 40, 43 different bets or something in one day. Just the, just, just the, like the scale of it, I guess, was a bit shocking. 
um, to see on on paper. Like he made forty three bets on one day in uh, on Major League Baseball. Um, you know, in one year he made over three thousand bets, averaged nearly nine a day. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, you could replace. You could turn this into a tiger story very quickly, and you just you're only replacing a couple of words, and um, and 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 it's equally as you know shocking. Um, so I'm not trivial. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not trivialising Phil's betting addiction. You know, addiction is an absolute scourge. You know, it's a shocking disease. Whether it's gambling, alcohol, drug, whatever level of addiction you've got, it's a it's a disease. Um, and clearly, he had an issue. So if you're going to gamble, you have to do it responsibly. That's the message. But it's not surprising that to hear these stories popping back out about Phil's monumental, unhealthy betting, you know, demands. And but why is this Billy character, you know, stepping out now into the limelight? Why why does he choose now to tell these stories? Is it Shackelford that's gone? Hunting uh, is it? No, he's written a book, and only two chapters of his book um, is dedicated to Phil. Yeah. So it's not it's not all about Phil. I just think Phil's the Phil's the uh, the the spotlight or the highlight mm. um, out of it. So uh, yeah, but no, Shipnuck got some kind of um, um, like exclusive extract from it or something, so that he was allowed to talk about. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just all. More fodder, isn't it? I've read Shipnuck's book uh, on Phil. It's quite, yeah, quite same. Quite loved enjoyable. it. I loved it, yeah. And, and to be honest, mate, like I, when I started reading it, before I read it, I didn't, you know, I knew obviously a little bit about Phil. Um, I've always been a Tiger versus Phil guy just for all the obvious reasons. Um, uh, but uh, honestly, after I read that book, I came away liking Phil, appreciating Phil, knowing how close he came on so many occasions um, that couldn't, but didn't quite get it done. So um, I certainly came away from that book, um, you know, more fond of Phil, let's say that, than I was when I first uh, first read it. But so, um, so yeah, it, that was a great read. There's still a lot of love for Phil. Like, you know, that video I did with Bryson, you know, a lot of the people are saying, well, Liv need to lean into, you know, more of that, you know, telling stories, you know, show show more of that sort of stuff to bring people into that sort of Liv's sphere of interest um, because, you know, I think that was a pretty good video that they did. Um, but, uh, yeah, Phil, <laughs> uh, what a machine. Um, I want to – can anyone get me some coffee for wellness? Uh, if, if it has that same slimming effect that – that's had on Phil uh, might help me not wear black uh, as yeah. much for you, Scott. Um, we do have another event. We've got the Asian Tour event, the Close House. Uh, quite a, I think there's 19 Aussies playing in that. Uh, some of the Asian Tour slash live uh, golfers are playing. Pools Westwood. I think their kids are playing. Um, Patrick Reed, GMAC, uh, Peter Uline. Um, some of the reserves are playing. So Wade's in that group and um a heap of young aussies that are all sort of part of that asian tour tommy's playing over there he's over there playing johnny loris yep. is over there i was chatting to johnny loris um he was probably had the oddest situation of lost luggage his golf clubs actually turned up but his clothing didn't turn up <laughs> <laughs> so he was I, I messaged him he was on a train from edinburgh down to uh, newcastle i said sit on the left hand side beautiful view a few golf courses he said that's exactly where i'm sitting and um, wished him all the best and hoped his Adidas uh, gear turned up. 
But uh, uh, just let me bring up the Asian tour. It's at uh, Close House, which is up near the border. Um, I don't know the architect, but I know that it's the like the cult course. So he's put a few cult-esque um, type features on there. It's up near the River yep. Tyne. Tyne's the river that runs through the middle of Newcastle there for all of the uh, Geordies. It's uh, very close to Scotland. I my joke with any Geordie that I meet is you're really a Scot. They just got the border in the wrong spot. And they sort of, <laughs> yeah, somewhat acknowledge that. But because um, they're, you know, the good people are Geordies. The Geordies are salt of the earth, northern English. And, you know, they've got that great Geordie accent. I, I always love uh, having a laugh with the uh, the Geordies. Hadrian's Wall is um, right by there, very Roman ancient Roman artifact there so I think you'll see that on some of the coverage at uh, Close House it's Lee Westwood's home course I'm pretty sure Lee's based up in that part of the world now oh mate with an extra with an extra round this week Lee might Lee might shoot 27 28 over <laughs> wow <laughs> couple of late live zingers in there uh from you um so Jed Morgan Danny Lee of course uh who else is in there uh, Matt Jones is playing TPH, so PJ Tour of Australia. Um, Scott Hend is in. Wade Ormsby, Brendan Jones is in. Travis, yeah, a lot of the live guys are there, eh? Travis Smythe, Zach Murray, uh, Todd Sinnott, big Todd. Seen Todd down at uh, PK getting some uh, coaching the last few weeks. He's a, he's actually a big unit, Todd Sinnott. Kevin Yuan, yep. um, little known name, but Kevin actually does really well on the Asian Tour and has won a lot of money. Uh, ben Campbell from uh, New Zealand's in. Andrew Dott. Uh, Terry Pilkadaris is in. Uh, Josh Younger is in. Marcus Fraser. I saw Marcus Fraser. He was leaving uh, the golf club on Friday and he was getting on the plane the next day to head across. Uh, Jack yep. Thompson. So he won the Asian Tour uh, qualifying school last year uh, from um, plays out of the Grange. And uh, Johnny Lyris. Nick Folk is from New Zealand is in. Uh, Harrison Gilbert Wong, we've mentioned Harrison many times before, plays on the Asian Development Tour uh, out of Royal Melbourne. Great, uh, great young fella. And uh, Jack Murdoch. And I think pretty much that is it. Um, good luck to all the players up there. I don't know too much about Close House, but looking forward to seeing it. And then we've got the Northern Territory Open this week. So the Australian Tour is back with a vengeance up there in the Northern Okay. Territory. Uh, Daniel Gale is my tip up there. Big Gailey. He's come back from the States. He's been Obviously, we saw his uh, yep. efforts at the 3M made yep. a bit of made a bit of uh, if there was a piff or a, a one event piff, um, uh, not piff, or yeah. one event, um, you know, what's the PJ tour? The, the pip, pip, that's the one pip. <laughs> if there was a one event pip, Daniel Daniel Gale would have cleaned up. Uh, he he got a lot of airplay from his funky action, uh, and also shooting the basket with the guys in the pool uh, on the side. He teed off, picked up the but they threw the basketball to him, and he's uh, tried to go for the slam dunk from on the fairway into the boys having a pool party. So he's, uh, but he's playing really good. He is chock full of confidence, hits it a long way, only knows one way to go about it, and that's to hit it a long and far. He's got some great touch, and uh, I'm going to tip Daniel Gale for a big year, not only not only to win the NT Open, but for a big year, and hopefully he can get into that um, order of merit category and get one of those cards that's on offer. Uh, Austin, yep. Austin Batista is the uh, reigning champion. Uh, we said we'd cut it short this week, Scott. Not sure. We, yeah, I'm not sure how we've we gone. With, not sure how we've gone with that. But one, one, one more event that's on uh, Roscoe. Oh. We've got uh, it's already started as a US amateur. Oh, um, so it's always always a good week to see you know some future stars. Um, it's down at Cherry Hills in Colorado this week. Um, 
last held the event there in 2012 when actually uh, there was some future superstars in that event. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Hideki, Matsuyama, Cam Smith, Xander and Max Homer were all in that field. So um, it's always a good event to keep an eye on, um, you know, and watch some of the names that might pop up in the next year or so. We saw Sam Bennett win last year and then made a splash on the PGA Tour, uh, in, especially in the majors. So um, a few names to maybe keep an eye out for. Uh, Gordon Sargent, he's the number one. Uh, he's a 2022 NCAA champion, um, low amateur at the 2023 US Open uh, at the LA Country Club. We've got number five, Dylan Menanti. Um, he was a 2022 semi-finalist last year, um, played in the NCAAs in 21. Number nine, Nick Dunlap. Uh, he's a junior champ, former junior champion. He's won a couple of events recently. Um, and then in terms of Aussies, or sorry, also one that's missing, um, I know Rocket, we know Rocket loves Michael Torbjornsson, um, so yeah, he, he's not playing. Um, Thunder, I can imagine he's turning turning pro um yeah the young thunder cub um he's got a stretch for a stress fracture in his back unfortunately so hopefully he can get that sorted out turn pro we're gonna win an event um and yeah aussies we've got jeffrey guan uh he had even in the first round so he's he's going okay six unders leading to a tony chen carl Phillips, and harrison crow all in the mix but those guys are um they need to get going in kind of round two so they're a bit off the pace Shane Bacon's in the field too. Shane Bacon. Golf Channel. Shane Bacon, he uh, he qualified. So, unfortunately, he shot eight over um, in, the, in the first round. But, uh, but yeah, he's in the field. He was stoked with that. Uh, so he should be. Um, yeah. It's an absolute uh, uh, quality uh, achievement um, in this late stage of his career. I can, I'm, I can only say it's a late stage of his career. I don't know how old Shane Bacon is. He's not as old as me, but he's no... Carl Phillips or no, spring, spring chicken, chicken like no. Jeff Guan. He um, didn't win the junior amateur in 2021, let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, but also is doing, um, speaking about Shane Bacon, I was talking about him today actually, because um, my ping uh, rep reminded me that uh, Marty Jertsen and Shane Bacon do a ping um, podcast now. So a lot, of people, oh, yeah. a lot of people started a podcast. So if you're a ping fan, uh, you can check that out. It's somewhere on there where you can get all of your uh Podcast, Marty Jertsen, another um, career ping guy, but, you know, plays, I think he's still maybe on the Corn Ferry Tour or, you know, he's qualified for the Corn Ferry Tour. Like he's like tour level player, but, um, yep. you know, ping engineer slash development guy. And uh, so he's on the podcast with Shane Bacon talking about ping. There you go. Okay. Well, he needs to tune his pings up for uh, for round two, I think. He does. Oh, that's good. Um, thanks for that information. That's good. Um, good luck to Harrison. Good luck to Jeffrey. Good luck to uh, Koala Carl. And, um, yep. yeah. Tony Chen. Tony Chen. Yeah. Don't know much about Tony. I know the other boys, but uh, not no. that much about Tony. Scott, thanks very much. Thanks, Roscoe. This is becoming a bit uh, a bit frequent, isn't it? A bit of momentum here behind, uh, behind these appearances. So appreciate you keep inviting me back. Uh, no, the invitation has um, the invitation has been relinquished. It's not an invitation anymore. It's just a standing standing requisition, or it's a standing okay. meeting. It's a standing meeting now. So, um, no, you you as I say, you're invited to stay as long as you want, Scott. I'm enjoying 
if we can sit here for an hour and 20 and talk about golf, there must be something yeah. uh, good about what we love about the game. This is the My Love of Golf podcast. My Love of Golf is sharing your love of golf. And for an hour and 20, that's what we've just done. Uh, whether you like what we say, whether you agree or disagree with what we say, I am happy to be told all and otherwise and anything in between. Any of the feedback you want to give us, if you've listened this far, please just drop us a note, drop us an email. Um, you can find my email anywhere and um, we'll talk about it. I do want to have um, uh, a good episode next week for the, I guess, the grand final episode. I'm hoping to get yep. um, uh, hoping to get uh, a good guest on for us and uh, I'm not sure what you think, but we might, we might try and get a couple of other, um, you know, through the power of Zoom, we might get a few people in just to sit in the stands and watch along yeah. and cheer along and, and just maybe do not a live show, but maybe maybe give some of the tapes to fans, you know, the great supporters, Pults, or give them the opportunity to come in and, and sit in with us while we do a, uh, a podcast and see actually uh, what makes this magic happen. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. More, right. more, more the merrier, mate. And, um, yeah, I mean, as long as your uh, downloads have, have not declined rapidly over the last month or so, happy to keep doing it and happy to uh, having a great time uh, doing it and joining in. So um, appreciate it, mate. Yeah, love to. They've actually grown, but if you want to help us grow even further, you just go to iTunes. If you listen on iTunes, which the majority of people do, and you uh, – like and you subscribe and you share and you do all of that uh, rating stuff that people love. If you want to listen over there and do all that, that really does help the podcast. Until next week, Scott, I will see you then and um, enjoy your golf. You've probably got a couple of games planned between now and then and um, I'll I see do. you soon. Thanks, Roscoe. All right. Thanks. We'll see you soon. <laughs>